now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one died. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, the first we've done for a basketball post game, and I guess what we could say, at least it's a win, Derek Piper, 78-70, to 70, Illinois beats Nickel State in overtime. Nickel State scores uh, 13 or 16 straight points uh, to force this game in overtime. They actually took the lead with under a minute left, and Illinois narrowly avoids one of the worst losses in program history. A win is not a win, right, Derek? Can we say that after this one? We can, we can, knowing the opponents that are immediately coming up. I know, actually, Grand Canyon lost tonight to the powerhouse that has known Davenport. Uh, no, Division two? Yeah, not great, but uh, it was disastrous on the stretch. Illinois did not make a shot in the final five minutes. There was, as you mentioned, a 16-0 run, and Nichols State very much believed they could win the game, and, and they were there. They, they were up and, and could have won it. So, uh, of course, the better alternative is pulling out the victory, but – this team has a lot to work on, and you leave this game kind of discouraged or disappointed. After a quick break, let's talk about our biggest concerns that come out of this game. That's next. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining. This is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes, and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Derek Piper, you almost lose to Nichols State. We've seen them in two performances. This team doesn't look like it's got a lot of chemistry right now. What is your biggest concern after two live performances that we've seen here at the State Farm Center? That's a good question. Uh, offensively, you're missing some depth. Uh, I think your bench right now with the lineup you have structured, uh, used to having the punch off the bench is Andres Feliz. Now it's really just Alan Griffin, DeMonte, and, and Kipper were pretty disappointing. Georgie is still a major, major concern for me. And that's probably at the top of this list is he just doesn't look comfortable. He, he doesn't have confidence, uh, couldn't grab a rebound to save his life towards the end. And uh, there was a timeout where Underwood drew up a play to get him the ball and missed two jump or layups essentially in the lane in a row and uh, kind of surprised that ball didn't go into Kofi. But uh, that right now, and then also three-point shooting, you, you don't have enough of that. Yeah, I look at Georgie, um, and we'll talk about the lineup here in a little bit, but he's made two threes. If you would have told me he makes two threes, that's the storyline we've been talking about is stretching the floor, but he's not finishing inside. He's not rebounding. As you said, four rebounds in 35 minutes is not enough for Georgie Pashanishvili against Nichols State, and he shot two of seven from two. And as you said, he's missing a lot of bunnies in there, and there were a few times he just got out tough. Like, this is a kid that usually – has some swagger to him right now. Like even though he he says calm down, like you can see him trying to stay positive on the court. He looks like he's in his head a little bit, and looks as you said. I think the word is uncomfortable. So, how do they fix that, or is that just something he's going to have to work through with Mr. Kofi Coburn, who's Mr. Double Double right now in the middle? 
Yeah, you don't want to change what Kofi's doing. And, and again, it, it goes back to last year. There were times where, where Iowa and Trent uh, were, were trying to figure it out, and it was really on Trent's plate to adjust. And uh, the thing with Georgie, though, is he's playing more on the perimeter. But I think overall what he's being asked to do is, as you mentioned, got in his head. And even the things that were comfortable for him last year, scoring in the post, it's not there. The touch isn't there. Uh, the confidence isn't there. And he – yeah, it just looked sometimes like a deer in headlights and Underwood was screaming at him to, to just grab the ball. And, uh, yeah, it, it's something he's got to figure out. Some hashtag Nana hands tonight with him a little bit. Just didn't have the, the toughness we normally see from him. Uh, I want to get into some positives here, but, you know, Underwood is starting his five best players, Georgie, Kofi, Trent, Andres, and Io. But they got down 14-2 to to Lewis with that first group uh today they scored six points in the first six minutes of the game i mean andres felice was the huge positive of this game along with kofi coburn i know io ended up with 21 points but he had five turnovers in this game um so as good as andres was do you get him back on the bench or to give you some firepower off there i I know demonte williams isn't gonna pump people up but we know at least he'll set the tone defensively and and maybe that group will feel a little better when Io and Trent can kind of be the aggressors I don't know do you do you you kind of end that experiment if you're Brad Underwood with that lineup that's tough that's something they're gonna have to figure out and as you mentioned you throw DeMonte back in there and you're worried that you have two essential non-shooters from three but then again Georgie went two for two uh and then you get stuck in lineups when Dre is starting and the rotations come in and out and Essentially, you're stuck with Kofi, or I'm sorry, with Kipper and DeMonte in a lot of lineups, and that's that's tough to deal with right now. And again, uh, well, we'll bring it up again. Tevian Jones, that absence is hurting you, knowing what his upside is offensively. So uh, it's something we're going to have to take a look at. I, I don't know who they pull out. I guess Dre is the one, and probably the one, as you mentioned uh, earlier on in the game, that or after the game, that's probably willing to, to take that role. Uh, I don't know. It's something we have to look at. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic with that group right now. Um, last year, I know they only won 12 games, but I just think Andres off the bench gave him a little life. When you, you said it, Kipper and DeMonte don't. I mean, DeMonte does what he does, right? He rebounded, had three assists today, uh, but he only had one field goal, only shot one field goal. Getting him to the free throw line would be nice. Uh, Alan Griffin did give a nice boost uh, off the bench, and maybe that's a guy that, that could be in the starting lineup. But seven points, five rebounds, almost all of that in the first half. He was a plus 11. Um, he can shoot. We know that. He, he didn't have the numbers last year, but we know that's what he's built for. I don't think we had in the high school scouting report, though, that he's got some NBA vertical because he attacks the glass and almost had a throwdown today in that in that second half. He's gotten more explosive, but, yeah, I'll credit Illini Twitter. I saw Joe Bertrand comparison for that tip dunk <laughs> attempt, and that was pretty reminiscent of that one. So, uh, yeah, obviously going to the offensive glass, five offensive rebounds and something he's done throughout the summer and the fall. And uh, if he can make a three or two and and get on the offensive glass, that's someone that needs to play more. And Underwood said that after the game. All right, these three guards, I mean, Andres Felice, we picked a good time to feature him. And thank you for all the response to that story. It's been great. And uh, the most important thing is the, the Felice family seems happy with it. But what a story he's got. But it was well-timed because he, he – the coaching staff has raved about him, and that's kind of why I wanted to do a piece on him is because they've said he could be as important as anybody on this team. And 23 points, 11 rebounds, the second double-double in three games dating back to the Big Ten tournament against Northwestern last year. But he willed this team. He's, he's the heart of this team. He's the guy who wanted the ball in his hands more than Io. Io made some big plays down the stretch. Trent made some big plays. But Andres was the guy I felt comfortable with with the ball in his hands. 
had to carry you to the finish line, and, and he's so tough and, and get to the rim and uh, the first seven points for Illinois in overtime. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's – played the best of anybody really throughout the offseason and now it's showing uh in the season and uh he's your leader and he's playing at a really really high level and he's gonna have to carry this team right now as they're figuring it out offensively because he's somebody that can create his own shot and, and do a lot of different things i would assume 21 points seven rebounds you you like those numbers but the five turnovers any concern at all with with that especially after a lewis exhibition that wasn't very good for him. I don't have a lot of concerns with Io. Overall, no. Uh, it's not good enough. I think that's the one thing that you, you take away from it is he's, he's got to play better and uh, gets himself into some trouble off the dribble and, and either gets up in the air or just doesn't make the right decision kicking it back out. But uh, overall, I think you trust in Io. He's, he's proven that he's obviously a high-level player, but you need better from him, especially, again, going on the road and uh, you're going to play a ranked team on Sunday. Trent Frazier couldn't buy a bucket, literally 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. Io did give him some really good looks on, on some of his drives. Did make some big free throws, though. Had the Tony Adams interception to kind of uh, seal the game and also had a big play on defense to, to force the travel late. Um, he's doing some little things, right? Like I kind of like, even though that was a bad offensive performance by him he, he's done some nice things and he didn't turn the ball over very much unlike all these other guards yeah he's, he's had it all going for him leading into this game and, and he just missed shots uh, but he's still doing the, the veteran type plays the little things uh, the passes and, and being in the right place defensively he took three charges uh, you mentioned that last possession for Nichols State he gets the travel uh, he's doing a lot of things that you want out of a veteran point guard of course you got to be able to to knock some down he was 0 for 9 and uh Similar to Io, we talked about after Lewis. Trent's probably not going to have another game like that the rest of the season. Uh, but I do like the way he's playing and have you know really throughout the offseason. All right, we'll talk uh, quick next about what Illinois has ahead of it in Arizona. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here. All right, Derek Piper. Well, Grand Canyon apparently isn't very good. Um, they've averaged, I think, 23 wins over the last four years with Dan Marley. Now, they play in the WAC, which isn't very good. There's no Finky boys there anymore. But what are you going to see when you're there uh, at Grand Canyon on, on Friday night, which is supposed to be one of the best you know, home court atmospheres with that crazy student section? Yeah, you said it right there. You're going to see a very hostile environment. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be a purple out. Uh, Grand Canyon had returned their top two scores from last year really good guard and carlos johnson uh, gonna have to watch whatever film is available of that davenport game because that's not an impressive by any means losing that one but uh, you're going on the road you're not executing very well offensively being illinois and uh, you can't clearly take anything for granted because 
Nickel State last year was around the 300s, and in the last couple of years under Marley, they've been about you know 125 to 150, so a much more quality opponent. Yeah, and then Arizona Wildcats. I mean, you could still end up three and zero with a monster victory. I mean, that that's the importance of a, just a win tonight. What do you expect against the Wildcats in just a huge, huge first week game? Yeah, it's your best chance for a quality win in the non-conference. Uh, maybe catching them potentially at the right time is when you just look at Arizona because they are relying on freshmen who are trying to get used to this level. But Nico Mannion's a McDonald's All-American. Josh Green is also a projected first-round pick next year. Chase Jeter was also a high-level recruit that was a Duke and transferred to Arizona. So they have high-level talent. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play on Wednesday night in their opener. But uh, you're going to be challenged big time. That's as talented of you know top level guys you're going to face really outside of the Big Ten obviously but uh, and then on the road too so this team has a lot to figure out until then I think the biggest thing I want to see is Georgie get get some confidence because I think Kofi what you've seen is boy he's living up to the hype double double I think it's not ridiculous to think he can do that he's an elite rebounder and a physical presence maybe they need to get him the ball more Uh, I still think these three guards are really really good but we had Georgie partly number two on our most important, the, the impact rankings, because they need him to be good, right? Like If, if they're going to make the, the run that they think they're going to make this year, they need Georgie to be effective in a different kind of role. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting with the adjustments they make, whether they got to get him going early on the block and, and put Kobe the free throw line. And at least Kobe showed against Lewis that he can hit that, that three throw, free throw line jumper and also dump it down the high-low. Uh, also, do you try to stagger that more? Of course, you know Kobe plays, what, 32 minutes tonight? That's a guy that's playing more minutes than we would have expected, and you can't take him off the floor. So, I mean, How impressive is he? Like, we, Think about the rebound advantage you had, and his presence played a big part. Now, Feliz and, and DeSumo were rebounding well, and so was Alan Griffin, but the presence that he has taking up so much space, it just changes this team. Yeah, game changer, second chance opportunities when he gets the ball inside, can really score with power. Uh, defensively, as you mentioned, if he's not getting his hand on the shot, he's definitely affecting it a lot of times. Uh, and we know that Underwood has really high standards. You know, to have a double-double in the exhibition game, Underwood says it's a B. Uh, he has another double-double tonight and, and, and one that counts. So uh, he's been impressive. His conditioning obviously has improved a ton since the end of his high school career. Uh, and he's he's legit. He's lived up to the billing so far. All right, so let's give a prediction. They come home with what record? You come home from Arizona, what's the record for Illinois? I'll, I'll give mine. I'm going to be Mr. Positive here. I think they figure it out. I think they figure it out. Yeah, I think they go 3-0. Okay. I think they'll figure it out. I think Io DeSumo is going to have a star performance at Arizona. So that, that's, that's my bold prediction. I'm just being Mr. Positive here. Illinois football is winning games. Why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, I'll play the other side then, I guess. I'll go 2-1. and one. I think I'll lean towards a loss against Arizona. Uh, but who knows? Any result right now is up in the air after you play like that against Nickel State. You're just a hater. Just just a hater, Derek Piper. Uh, good stuff, Derek Piper. We're going to try and do this with every game. A little shorter podcast. we got to get out of here. we got to go to bed. Uh, but uh, appreciate you listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We'll talk to you next time right here. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. Check out the site for all the great content that we have. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 